Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Poke the Bear episode 147. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, when people listen to this, uh, Taylor Swift will be here in New England playing at Gillette three straight nights. I'm going tonight, Friday. So very excited. I'm not Maybe, a big yeah. I'm not a big Swifty. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm you not say that you shouldn't say I, that Evan. people who are willing to like rob a bank, like Joe Missoula watching the town four times in a week, <laughs> like people are willing to rob a bank in Medford just to get the money to go to Taylor Swift. And you just, you know, nonchalant about this it should be an event. Be excited. I am a, excited. A, I'm a 1989 I, t-shirt ready to go. I have my karma t-shirt all ready to go. Um, I'm into it. I'm into it. But I've, I saw there were already lines outside of Gillette on Thursday of people uh, waiting to get merch because uh, it comes in, I guess, the day before. So uh, I'm not to that level. I am not that level. Um, I'm not quite there, uh, but uh, should be fun. I'm, I'm interested in this. This is this is big, right? Like this is she's one of the top artists of this generation, if not the top one. So uh, interesting stuff. It's going to be pretty big i mean this is i'm glad it's not raining either we're going there really early because you know route one is awful that getting in and out of that place sucks in general so uh we'll try to get there early i don't know if that's actually really going to work um wish he was playing at fenway It'd be so much easier for everybody imagine you could public transit to get there i mean the tea would be It'll a mess down, but... but the tea is always a mess so it's like i'm used to that mess i don't want to deal with the root one if mess. there's if there's ever a, a thing that taylor swift can write a ballot about in terms of heartbreak it should be the massachusetts bay transportation authority so she should she should i'm surprised that you know if if the if the mbta messes up you know screws her over one time think of the great song she could write from that so hopefully um she gets a song out of it. Hopefully she gets a yes. song out of her stay uh, here in New England. But so that's exciting. And again, when the Bruins were in the playoffs, I was like, damn, you know, if that's, that's the night of like game two like or game three of the Easter conference, like, what am I going to choose? Obviously I, the Swift tickets are pretty expensive. So it's probably going to come down to that. Uh, but it was going to be a tough choice. A very tough choice. I don't have that choice anymore. Unfortunate. And this is why we're spending <laughs> three minutes talking Taylor Swift in. Uh, How much else going on, Evan? Like people are going to be mad. Listen, guys. Bear with us. Holy hell. 
We didn't we didn't lose in the in in the first round. We were not the ones uh, that lost it for this team. Uh, but a little big nugget of news came out on Wednesday. I mean, it came out long before, but it feels like it didn't really reach people um, until Wednesday regarding Hampus Lindholm. So Hampus Lindholm was asked uh, during the uh, breakup day about his injury. And if, if, if there was anything going on, he said, I'd say I was fine. Everyone has bumps and bruises that time of year. There's no excuses on that stuff. I think even if you were to have something linger, like we had guys play through stuff, it's just that time of year. Well, on May 9th, uh, Lindholm told uh, the Stockholm-based newspaper, Aftonblade it? <laughs> I, probably it. Pronounced... I think that's a sofa, but... Okay, I I messed up the... the... <laughs> that's no, what I'm Boston... Okay, I'm going to say that's what Boston.com has. That's a timely, that's a timely <laughs> Ikea joke, Evan. No, I'm, I'm sure you nailed it. You scared the hell out of me. I was like, what? I'm reading your freaking story. Like, I would hope... But yes, I, I the IKEA joke went. I didn't have an IKEA growing up. I had a I had Building 19, which was way worse. Um, but anyway, he said to on May 9th, I found out this morning that I have been playing with a fracture in one foot for the past month. Oh, oh, you have, have you? That's fairly big. So a lot of people are getting on the Bruins about uh, him playing. Now it should be noted that he didn't know, according to him, he didn't know. Which again, do you believe him or not? I don't know. Um, we'll go with his word. We will go with his word. Although I don't know if you're saying that you were fine and then you have a broken, you know, fractured foot. I don't know if uh, high pain tolerance, I guess I'll give you that. Um, but you know, according to him, the team didn't know it was fully fractured until May 9th. Now, what I would also say is he had to have been feeling some pain and to then play in regular, if that lasted a month, right. So that's going into like early April um, when you're still playing regular season games. Why? 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 I mean, just the he was one of the main culprits that sort of wilted in that first round. And now we kind of have a reason why. Yeah, I, I guess if you're looking for any sort of silver lining, uh, at least there is a, a reason why his play cratered because, I mean, it was probably one of the more striking things just how much his play did, not just like the, the lack of. Uh, production. I mean, he had zero points in the seven game series, but just like his play in general, like tentative with the puck, unforced errors. I mean, the the puck over the glass in game six, which leads to uh, that Matthew Kachuk tying uh, goal. Just all out of character for a guy that, if you had a way to, I guess, to describe Lindholm in terms of his game when he's on, it's steady, right? You know what you're getting. You're going to get a really quality play down both ends of the ice. Did not find that at all uh, against Florida in that series. So at least you have a reason why, but. As you said, it kind of goes back to, again, he mentions that they just found out. Uh, he was like in a boot for uh, a couple of weeks leading up to the playoffs, right? Like that, something was clearly up. If it wasn't known that it was broken, uh, it was in a lot of pain. I mean, he missed, I think, a game against Detroit. Um, I think it was the day after he, he like blocked a blocked a shot with, with his skate. So put two and two together there. He missed a game, I think, in... Carolina in late March off of the same nagging lower body injury. So even if you didn't know it was a clean break, which I don't know how you don't really know that his foot was kind of fucked up. Like <laughs> I think they're well aware of that. So it kind of goes back to the same thing of, um, you know, for this team that had very little to play for, except for the record, um, which again, you listen to them. This like it wasn't something on their mind. How is it not a situation where you give a guy like Zaboral, uh, like two weeks down the stretch, you know, you kind of look at it. It's one of the more pu puzzling things amongst uh, 
you know, an off season, we're going to have a lot of things to look over. It's just when this team was in such a, a quality spot, um, why wasn't there like a stretch there for, even if you want to say like the last week of the season, you bring back the stars and get them ready to go for the the playoffs. And we know what happened with Bergeron, but that being said, how wasn't like the, the first week last, you know, last week of March, what have you, um, why wasn't that a stretch? You had guys like McLaughlin and Merkulov and, you know, all, some of these other players down in uh, the AHL or even guys that weren't getting a lot of reps during the, on the NHL roster, like Zaboral, why weren't those guys getting getting minutes out there? Because, again, we know how it is, right? These players want to play through things. It's, you know, Trish Bergeron told Jim Montgomery he was playing, uh, you know, in game five. Didn't work out. Again, these guys will play through most injuries that are hurting them. And, again, you look at the stakes and all this year. No one wants to be a guy that's, I'm going to take a break today, guys. Like, we, we, we know that. We know how these guys operate. It's admirable. But if you're the Bruins, if you're the, the coaching staff, um, the guys that push all those buttons – you know, it's something you look back on now and, it's, you know, you look at all these guys that weren't at a uh, 100%. And granted, no one is, but you had a window as being the best team in regular season history where you had an absurd uh, amount of breathing room there. So for them not like giving even a guy like him three, four games off just to say he's dealing with a lingering issue. Like look at David Krejci, same thing, right? Like where they kind of gave him the last two weeks off. Maybe a few other, a few other guys should have had that same kind of uh, stretch there to uh, close the regular season because again, you look at you look at the way the, the Bruins handle that just makes like every every bit of news you see from the Bruins of these last couple of weeks hasn't been a lot of it, but every single one that drops makes this uh, season-ending loss feel worse and worse. Again, it just comes down to, of course, a player is going to want to play through any injury. They're like these are hockey players; these are tough guys. They're not gonna, as you said, they're not gonna be like, "Am hey, I'm, I'm good." I'm going to take some time off. That's when the coaching staff steps in. Like this is when coaching staff and, uh, you know, Montgomery and the assistants have to come in and put their foot down and say, you are not playing through this. And as you said, he was in a boot. Like just, you knew you had an idea that if it wasn't broken, it was still, as you said, in pain. And to then go into the playoffs with that, that's what I understand. You're skating on your feet, breaking news. You skate with your feet. You are on your feet. For 20-something minutes a game. This is big news, Connor. But it's true. And it's it's not, you know, again, if that's lingering at the end of the regular season, that's not going to magically get better. And over the course of two months where he's going to have to play every every other night, it's not. there's no chance in there to get breathing room for that to even get a little bit better. The one area, as you said, was the end of the regular season. And I just I wouldn't surprise me if this is the last little bit of news we get on someone's injury. That's not inside information, by the way. That's, you know, Linus Olmark saying he's, he was, you know, yes and no to being injured and things like that. Like there's gotta be something else with these guys, but Lindholm again, uh, to play with that. And, uh, you know, again, it's not an area of the body that you're not using all the time. You are using your feet all the time. And again, it just goes back to another decision by Jim Montgomery and that staff that, I just don't quite comprehend. Um, I understand they wanted to be hot going into the playoffs. Obviously, that didn't work. But if you if if no one's injured and you say we want to go into the playoffs hot and no one's injured, everybody's fine. Sure, like be my guest. But if you have guys like you know Bergeron who dealt with something at the end, Lindholm with his thing, obviously, um, you know others that we might find out about. Why are they playing? Why are they playing? And, and Lindholm is, you know, as, you know, 
fracture in his foot. So I don't get it. It's I I, I mean we've we've we have talked about the end of the season so much, and we will going forward more and more. But this is not just. It's disappointing to hear that this coaching staff just sort of just completely dropped the ball at the end of the regular season. We knew they did on the ice and game planning and things like that, but to have this egregious of a mistake, I just you would think someone would step up and say something. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a, a tough break, literally, uh, for for them <laughs> in that situation, right? Where um you you look at just how many teams are either you know, we, we talk every year, especially when you get to March and April, of how hectic the schedule is. These teams are, you know, playing every other day. Look like the Florida Panthers. They were fighting tooth and nail just to get into the playoffs, right? Like, there's so many teams that are fighting for life just to get to the playoffs, which is then, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, you're sprinting all the way to the finish line to then start a marathon where people are taking, like, uh, batons and hitting you as you're walking on, the, the as you're running the marathon. Like, it's not very few teams get to waltz in or, or have the the leeway of the breathing room to really reassess their roster, get guys healthy, and, and get primed for a, a grueling playoff push. Bruins had it. And whether it's the record, whether it's just guys not wanting to to be the odd man out in terms of, of what this team was building towards, uh, it's a tough look, right? Because, uh, you know, very few teams have that um, – very few teams have that leeway or that window where they can, uh, you know, rest guys and get them good to go for the playoffs. So it's rough, man. There's like no other way to really put it, but you look at just the opportunity the Bruins had, not just the stakes involved with this year, the record, Bergeron and Krejci, all that stuff. You had an opportunity for months to, to get your guys right. And instead they kind of just went status quo and you saw it played out in the postseason. Yep. Not great. Not great at all. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So, Connor, every time uh, we did this last round, so we'll do it again. We do this every year when there's a new playoff round and the Bruins are not in it, which in our time of podcasting has been a fair number of them. We try to figure out some top lessons learned from the other teams. So right now you got Florida and Carolina. You got Dallas and Vegas on the other side. Should be two good series. Um, Dallas and Vegas obviously projects to be way closer than Carolina and Florida, which again, Florida has shown that they can do it. I mean, Florida beat you in seven and beat Toronto in five. Like it's not out of their own possibility. They take Carolina deep or uh, win the series. I mean, it's, you know, you can't count them out anymore. Um, But Dallas Vegas will be a little bit better. I think Bruins fans might be a little more interested in it with Bruce Cassidy as the head coach uh, of Vegas. Everyone's kind of picking their teams to root for, but before we get into lessons learned, is there a team you think that Bruins fans should kind of get behind? Like, what's the best team for Bruins fans to get on? Most won't. Most, I think, have shut the TV off. I think most yeah. are just like, screw it. I'm not watching this anymore. Um, to me, it's Vegas. 
with yeah. with Bruce Cassidy. I think that's the obvious one, but I'm curious if you have a different one. Yeah, I feel like that's the obvious one in terms of just probably rooting interest. And, you know, they're a pretty fun team to watch. And, um, you know, for them to overcome a couple of things with like their the goalie situation, um, you know, still a lot of star talent. You got the the Chelmsford kid and Jack Eichel who could break through in his first really uh, sustained went to, playoffs. He went right? to a college. He went to a yep. college. He went to a uh, education. Uh, he got his education at a esteemed uh, a place of learning within the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Um, um, Perfect timing. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, but I, I think you look at the Western Conference, the, the two teams, even like Dallas – um, I don't know, maybe Bruins is still sour about Tyler Sagan. I don't know really why you would be, but I think that's a really fun team to watch. Um, they seem to be like the team that you look at the blueprint of how you want to build a team. They've got, you know, the veteran talent, obviously, that has anchored them before, but you have so many younger players who they've developed that have stepped into huge roles, whether it's Robertson, Hintz, uh, Ottinger, obviously, um, really active defense. They just seem to have like the, they check off all the boxes, right. In terms of how you want to build a, a cup contending team and how to do it effectively over the span. Cause it's not like it's Ben and Sagan and all those guys anymore. Right. They've got so many players internally that I think have uh, really pulled on the rope there. So I think that's a, a really fun team to watch. And I'll also root for uh Joe Pavelski to get a Stanley cup. Cause that guy is even at his age, he's nails. Love gamer, watching. a but, gamer. Um, Complete gamer. It's funny. Uh, Wyatt Johnson is the new, uh, the new big draft pick that the Bruins, you know, picked Lysel two picks before. So that's going to be the new thing that people kind of uh, get all over. Um, you mentioned two of those teams, Vegas and Carolina. That I think, if we're going from lessons learned, um, we've we've talked about Florida. They were, you know, they had to fight to get in. Kind of the Philadelphia Flyers in 2010 had to fight to get in, got in. You know, they're on a run. Um, but Vegas and Carolina are interesting because both face legitimate adversity during the season. Carolina lost Max Pacioretty. Uh, they lost Tuvo, They lost Andrei Svechnikov. Um, Tuvo Teravainen broke his hand in the playoffs, uh, if memory serves, right? Or am I imagining I, that? It's either that or it was right before. I, I think it was in the, the first round, I want to say. So, yeah, he, he's... Yeah, because I remember Rod Brindamore in the press conference was like, yeah, he broke his hand or, or something like that. So losing pieces. Vegas, their goaltending situation was up in the air all season long. They lost uh, uh, Brisebois, uh in the in the last round against Edmonton. Something's happening in the playoffs. Something's not. They rallied around adversity. Those teams successfully faced it. Now, you don't want that stuff to happen. You're not rooting for it. But go back to games three and four of, of the first round between the Bruins and the Panthers, right? No Bergeron, no Krejci. Coyle and Zaka step up. Guys kind of rallied around that, and they came out of Florida with two wins. So, again, I'm not saying the adversity you, – you're not trying to get that, but I think teams that are tested during the regular season and tested in the playoffs a little bit in terms of having to step up, guys kind of being called upon who normally wouldn't, empowers guys. You know, those are the teams that rise to the top. And Bruins didn't really have adversity during the year. There were injuries at the beginning that they overcame, which was great. Um, but they were just always winning. And that's, we kind of always said, oh, they're fine. You know, that's how they deal with adversity. They just win and they make it look easy at times. Um, and again, not rooting for that stuff to happen, but I do think it strengthens you up for this time of year and brings the best out of guys. Whereas I think they looked like a complacent team that were, you know, guys were waiting for other guys on the team to show up instead of them. So those are my, that's the kind of my lessons for that. What, what would yours be? 
Yeah, uh, I would say when you look beyond just the X's and O's, which uh, again, four check, four checking pressure is going to be the the way to go. It helps. Yeah, it, it helps tremendously. Look at Florida, look at Carolina. Both those teams are going to be flying, I think, in this series, which will be fun to watch. But um, there's something to be said about simplifying your game plan, just being effective on the four check and how much that yields positive results when kind of things can get uh, grinded down in the playoffs. But I also think one thing to take note of is the fact that um, look at kind of the the goalies that are left, right? And it's not to say, again, uh, you've had quite a few teams that have been very successful with, uh, you know, Vasilevsky, what have you, but look at, look at who's left, right? You got like, uh, you know, Aiden Hill, you got Bobrovsky, who again has been, he's rebounded tremendously, but for the last couple of years has not been that good, right? He's not the same Vesna, uh, winner he was in years past. Um, look at Carolina with like. Is it Freddie Anderson? Is it Antti Ranta? Is it Kucheka? Like you got that that mix there. And the only real one you could say is probably Dallas with Ottinger, right? Like that's probably the only like ace goalie you can probably say in terms Franchi- of franchise goalie. Yeah, in terms of regular season transiting to the playoffs, what have you. And even him, you know, I think he had he got what pulled in two of those games against the Kraken. So um, and you can look at last year where I guess, you know, Colorado necessarily didn't need to have a high end goaltending, but Kemper wasn't exactly a, a world beater in that thing. I, I think not to say that goaltending does not matter because it's the most important thing. Look at the Bruins lost because of the goaltending. But in terms of, you know, prioritizing or or viewing the position, if you're able to, you know, build a strong defensive structure and have just one solid goalie you can turn to, maybe that's the route the Bruins have to take and maybe that that alleviates that really tough decision this offseason that has to be moving a guy like Olmark, right? Like, again, perfect world. You love to have both those guys keep the goalie rotation going. You'll rack up points in regular season, and maybe you roll into the playoffs. Works out great. But if you have to make a concession in some area, which, again, you do um, at some point to free up cap space or what have you, if it's Swayman and Brennan Bussey or Swayman and a veteran backup that – still take a few reps away from swimming maybe that's the right move right because i think you're seeing now that as long as you have other people pulling on that rope um it's almost like you know not not to switch it to like in football where you can get just any running back that fits a system and they you can plug them in and they'll get 800 yards if they're healthy what have you but maybe that's the the biggest keys instead of this off season where you have to pay swimming and you're devoting nine million dollars to the goaltending position maybe that's an area where you are able to move on from it a little bit if need be again it's not what they want to do but if there's an area you have to subtract from on this team you can see the logic there this episode is supported by fx's clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 clippers owners racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Oh, yeah. And again, I mean, the Bruins defensively, that's got to be their thing then. I mean, if you're going to, as we've said, if you're going to go away from the tandem... Um, you know, Mark and Swain, we can face a lot of shots and do well, at least in the regular season. Um, but again, maybe you tighten things up defensively in front of it in, in front of whoever the goalies are, the goalie is along with Swayman. 
uh, if you were to trade Omar. The running back thing is an interesting thing because I was thinking of that as you were talking. I was like, huh, you know, because running back used to be from, you know, memory serve like Adrian Peterson and mm-hmm. and and, you know, those guys who were, you know, stalwarts, long time, you know, just impact players. And now it's like, you know, you have one for four years on to the next one, you know, three, four years on to the next one. I don't think that's goaltending. I don't, you're right. I don't think that'll ever be the position. Um, but I mean, we were already talking about that when, you know, Bobrovsky signed, like, is it worth signing goalies to these contracts or can you find someone that can be, you know, good enough, pay them good. Like don't pay them a ton, but pay them fine. Like, is there that thing? And again, the Bruins have a good problem in Olmark and Swayman. Um, but the month, you know, again, the salary cap is a thing and they are up against it. So it's going to be hard to um, keep both those guys. So what that means is youngsters are going to be impactful next year. They're going to be guys. They're finally going to play the young guys. Probably they should, at least they've got, again, the prospect pool is not deep. They don't really have high end talent. Lysel and Lowry are your closest in terms of being high-end talent, but even that's kind of stretching it. Um, So we're going to do a fun little game that we're probably going to play later in the offseason too, um, as things change. Uh, Who is one young guy who you see having an impact next season? Yeah, I think think Marky Love's definitely a guy you look at that can make a pretty big step forward. I mean, first full year in uh, Providence, 55 points in 67 games, probably has some of the higher upside in terms of his skill set translating to the NHL, really good one-timer, really good offensive instincts. The biggest knock against him has been his defensive play, which has been echoed multiple times before, but seems like he at least made some strides in that area to correct, or he's, he's making steps forward. Is he going to win a Selkie or anything? Probably not, but there's a willingness, I think there to learn and round out his game, which should continue moving forward, which is encouraging. Um, and I think we look at where his role is. We can look at a whole bunch of guys that can be, you know, fourth line stalwarts. You can look at a guy like Lauko, what have you. But if you're looking for like the guy to plug in that could maybe be a third line guy, ease him into a, a role next to a guy like Charlie Coyle, I think Merkulov's a guy that even if it takes him some time to develop, could be a guy that can give you 20 goals, 45, 50 points down the road if he matures and takes those right steps forward. So uh, I, I think that's a guy that you should definitely keep an eye on this training camp and, and see what he can give you. Because as much as I think people look at Lysel and his upside and it's there, obviously it, it's tough to not notice him when he's on his game uh, out on the ice. But I think Merkulov's a guy that can really um, fill up into a really useful piece of this team beyond just the standard checking line role. Yeah, it feels like he has the the high offensive upside that the other prospects don't quite have. Uh, but as you said, the defensive game is going to have to be, you know, fixed a little bit. Um, but they're doing it. They're working on it. They're working on it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, my answer is much more safe. It is uh, someone who we thought would make the team out of camp this past year. That's Mark McLaughlin. Um, good, solid third or fourth line player. 
Um, that's the thing on McLaughlin. Uh, I, I, you know, talked to one of his coaches at BC and he's like, yeah, he is. He's solid at every level. He's not this superstar. He is really solid. And I think at, at the AHL level, that's what he's kind of turned into. And I think at the NHL level, good, solid, do your job, fourth line player. And you know what? That works on a, on a roster that is going to be as strained as they are with the cap. That's exactly who you want on your fourth line. Someone who's dependable, someone who can occasionally score, put up some points here and there, um, but just get the job done. And I think that's McLaughlin. He's not a standout anything. It's, he's not like, you know, going to jump off the uh, uh, jump off the ice at you, um, but he does his job and you need guys like that. Whereas a guy like Merkulov, much higher offensive upside, but you put a little bit of, you run a little bit of a risk putting in the lineup right away. McLaughlin, go right in and just do his job. And I think that that is what you want. That's what you want. Um, in terms of prospects who can make a big jump from juniors to the AHL, um, where who are you thinking there? Yeah, I think Matthew Poitras is the guy that kind of stands out, right, uh, in terms of um, as much as I think guys like, you know, Lysel and Lorai catch a lot of attention. Uh, Poitras, for, for what he did, um, had, what, 90 points, I, I want to say, in the OHL this past year. Um, really kind of stepped into his own as a playmaking center. And I think anytime you look at a center who puts together strong numbers in the OHL, uh, it should spark a lot of interest in Bruins fans. When you look at the inevitable thing, right? What's What have we said is the biggest hurdle for this team in terms of um, their long-term contention? It's not having talent down the middle. And again, the Bruins next to you and the cap jumps up a little bit. Maybe they can reassess, but man, it would make their lives a lot easier if a young center like um, Poitra or someone else can step into that role and um, you start start fighting for some minutes there. So I think he's a guy that, if he, you know, whether whenever he does make that jump up to the, the AHL and what he can provide for this team, um, he's a guy that team should be, or the Bruins fans should be keeping a close eye on because, um, you know, you, you can run into the same situation with a guy like Sidnika, who was really good in the OHL and, was productive in in Providence and just didn't translate. So you have to have that, not trepidation, but that expectation that these guys are going to take some time to develop. But I think you look at what Poitra uh, showcased down in juniors, to give at least some encouragement. You know, he looks like a guy that can be a playmaking center if all works well for him up at the next level. Yeah, they're hoping that he does, obviously. I mean, they need it. <laughs> that would help a lot if he did. Um, I'll go with Lowry. I know it's not juniors, but college. Um, Lowry. I think he needs another year, a uh, full year in the AHL, adjusting the physicality. Um, he plays slower. Um, you know, he's meticulous. He's a you know got some good skill. A former forward, skates well, like big, all that stuff. Just adjusting to the play style, the pro play style, um, the physicality of it. Playing against older men. Obviously, in, in college, you're playing against some grown men. Um, but playing against even older guys in the AHL. So I think he's, I think people are going to think, oh, you know, next year, they're going to say, oh, you know, is Lowry going to make it out of camp? And it's like, probably not. Um, probably could use a year of seasoning down in the AHL. There's no rush to get him up. Um, I know we said the same thing about Lysel last year. I think that kind of flies for uh, Lowry this year. Takes defensemen some time. Um, you know, obviously everyone looks at McAvoy jumping right in after some time in Providence, uh, but jumping right into the, the big club, making an impact. I don't think that's this, situation which is fine it's okay you can be in providence for a bit you know get get ready um but yeah we'll talk about more prospect stuff throughout the offseason i know it's not what people want to be talking about right now um i think the bruins did a video with low ryan po uh, poitra uh talking about like taylor swift 
and stuff. So um, in honor of Taylor coming here. So I think everyone's on the same boat this off season. Let's just carry it through until we get some more, fi- uh, you know, concrete <laughs> news. Right. So we're all in the same boat here. All in the same boat, uh, but that doesn't mean the the, uh, the content stops. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Globe? Yeah, we're gonna have you covered throughout this off season for however long it lasts uh, as we as we turn out the content before we get some actual news to report on. But you can find all this stuff over at Boston.com. Not just Bruins, but um, Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, everything over there. So please follow along over at Boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three. Go do all that. And remember to go subscribe to New England Hockey Journal. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.